Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. Welcome to the new episodes of Radio Rehab. I'm Dana, and I'm a recovering addict and an alcoholic. I'm clean and sober right now, but I've struggled with the disease of addiction for most of my adult life. It began when I was a teenager. I've had bouts of sobriety, and even during the bad times, there's always been some part of me that wanted to live life the right way, the way I am now. This show isn't just for addicts, it's for everyone. Some of my guests will be familiar to you, but their stories will be new, heartbreaking, and awe-inspiring. If you aren't one of us, you surely know us. We are your wives. Your husbands. Your daughters. Your sons. And we've gone through hell to get to the other side. This show is dedicated to the ones who didn't make it. How old are you? How much do you weigh? What did you eat that day? Well, what did you have for dinner? Who made dinner? Did you drink with dinner? No, not even water? When did you drink? How much did you drink? What container did you drink out of? Who gave you the drink? How much do you usually drink? Who dropped you off at this party? At what time? But where exactly? What were you wearing? Why were you going to this party? What'd you do when you got there? Are you sure you did that? But what time did you do that? What does this text mean? Who are you texting? When did you urinate? Where did you urinate? With whom did you urinate outside? Was your phone on silent when your sister called? Do you remember silencing it? Really, because on page 53, I'd like to point out that you said it was set to ring. Did you drink in college? You said you were a party animal. How many times did you black out? Did you party at frats? Are you serious with your boyfriend? Are you sexually active with him? When did you start dating? Would you ever cheat? Did you have a history of cheating? What do you mean when you said you wanted to reward him? Do you remember what time you woke up? Were you wearing your cardigan? What color was your cardigan? Do you remember any more from that night? No? Okay, we'll let Brock fill it in. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rehab. The Relapse, I'm Dana Keys, your host here with producer Char in studio. Hi, producer Char. Uh, so today's show, obviously, um, is about alcohol and rape, mainly about uh, Brock Turner, the uh, Stanford swimming asshole, forgive me, who got uh, convicted of rape and was only given six months in prison. And if you haven't heard about this yet, you might be under a rock. Yeah, you might be under a rock, or you could be like me a few years ago, and you're just drinking and using, <laughs> and you just don't know what's happening in the world. I, that could be. This is everywhere everywhere and it keeps getting worse and it it's just it's it's hard for me to stomach um obviously being somebody who's gone through addiction as badly as I went through it for as long as I went through it I've had situations similar to this happen in my life which I don't want to go into detail about but what I will say is the way the police treat rape victims as you can tell by that line of questioning um, leave something to be desired, to say the least. Those questions that I started the show off, those are that's verbatim. That's what they ask the victim, who, thank God, is anonymous. I have a fear, and I really hope this doesn't come true, that at some point, somebody is going to just blow her anonymity. And there's, there's, she's, her picture's going to be up, and then everybody's going to know her <laughs> as the rape victim. And I, I really pray to God that doesn't happen. But right now, she is anonymous, thankfully. So the thing about this Brock Turner guy is it's like, well, the thing about the whole case is everybody's blaming alcohol. And being an alcoholic, 
I can tell you that you don't know when you're going to black out. Blackouts are something that happen. They, ha- they happen, and you don't know when they're going to happen. Like I was telling producer Shar earlier, I know a woman who's got over 30 years recovery, and her last drunk, that's what we call it, the last time you drank. It was your last drunk before you got sober. <laughs> I thought you were... Uh... Yeah, I know. When I said that to you, I was like, wait, I should have explained that. You were like... <laughs> I thought you were talking differently. You know... <laughs> No, no, no. Okay, well, yeah, I think that's kind of or, like a program or, thing. Or maybe you have, you have uh, what is it? Um, Tourette's? Yeah. I don't know. Bad English. <laughs> yeah, bad English. No, no, yeah. The last time she drank, the last time she drank it, it no, uh, no, so that's that's a program thing. Like, the last, your last drunk is the last time you drank before you got sober. And I know a woman, like I was saying, she has over 30 years in recovery, and her last drunk, she blacked out, and it was on one beer. And alcoholics, like, we drank a lot when we drank. Hence, you know, <laughs> you have to change your life because it's not working. But, yeah, so, I mean, you don't you don't know when that little drink is that's going to be the tip of the iceberg and send you into a complete blackout coma. I've been there so many times. Um, on my last drunk, when my mom came to get me from the place that I had been living, I knew where I was. I had lived there for forever. This is when I was, you know, going into treatment. My mom was coming to pick me up. My mom came in the room. This is my mother, who I've clearly known since birth. My words to her were, who are you? I'm not even kidding. Like, so that's how much the, the rape victim could have had knowledge of anything going on around her to the point where she might not have even known who her mother was. So, I mean, I could tell you, you know, if, if some, if, if this guy came in the room and started messing with me, who knows? I, I mean, I was so out of it. Who knows what would have happened? I'd like to think I would have snapped his neck, but wh- what if I didn't know what was happening? I mean, he... So, but, but the really upsetting thing is, so when they first took her statement, they got this statement from her, and he gave a statement saying he didn't remember anything. He didn't know. He, I guess she didn't say anything. And then once they got her statement, and he found out because his family is rich, and they hired pricey attorneys once they found out once the whole family found out that the girl didn't remember they that Brock Turner changed his entire case his entire MO to now saying she said yes but it's like even if she did say yes you don't take a person in a blackout's word for anything if the person can't walk there you go that's your answer they're not don't take it anything they do to mean they're attracted to you they're in a coma you know what I mean? It, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Kill Bill when that guy was, I know this is disgusting, it's the most disgusting scene I've ever seen in any movie, but Uma Thurman is lying there in a coma and um, the one of the people at the hospital are charging dudes to come in right? I remember and that. have sex with her is while she's in a with, coma. With the Vaseline? Yeah, there? they have to use, oh, when I saw the Vaseline, I almost puked. I was like, oh my God. Oh uh, yeah, I, I was like, I, sh- I was like, I could just, I could uh, that's a great movie, and I could describe. It's that great because it's twist. Yeah, because that did not. Didn't that make your stomach yeah. just turn when you're like, oh, but it's like no. if I describe, like if I describe it out loud in my like what I'm picturing in my head. Oh, like, I know, I know. Like, oh, no, it's all right. We don't need any more visuals. Yeah, no, no more visuals on that. But yeah, but that, but that's what this reminds me of. I mean, and I love how she wrote a letter to. Um, she wrote a letter to be read aloud at his hearing. And she, I mean, she's she's a good writer. I have to say that she said, "You don't know me. I don't. Or I don't know you, but you've been inside me." I was like, "Oh Jesus!" Yeah, it oh, was God. pretty crazy. The yeah, way that, like it was. It was really raw, and um, the way that, like, yeah, the way that she describes it, it almost makes you feel kind of icky. Oh you know yeah, what I mean? it, yeah, it makes you feel dirty. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it was it's a disgusting thing. And I mean, the and the fact that the guy's father writes this thing, right? He you know write this this letter to the court. Just that's, you know, that's kind of where all of it started. I well, for me, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Is because um, I wouldn't. I would have thought they were going to give him, a, you know, a difficult, like a hard sentence. I thought right. they would actually well, make him do time. But the, I, I guess what I what I mean is that it wasn't on my radar. This story wasn't really on my radar, and even though all of this had already happened, you know, they had already sentenced him to the six months and all of that stuff. But I don't think, or for me, anyways, it didn't become like this big national freaking viral video uh, viral uh topic on social media until the dad released that letter that yeah was saying the the whole tw- what is it 20 he minutes shouldn't be, he shouldn't be prosecuted for a 20 minutes of his life like he's lived for 20 years and this was a 20 minute incident. 20 minutes of action yeah was 20 minutes of action disgusting that's so disgusting it's like what if i stabbed somebody right in the neck and they bled out in five minutes would would my one of my parents come and say oh well that murder only took five minutes and she's lived way longer than that i mean you shouldn't judge her on just those five minutes where she brutally murdered someone it's the same thing it's the exact same thing with this guy i mean like i don't know it's just like it I can't believe that there's people that kind of like exist in that kind of bubble. You know, this whole yeah. family. So, but the, but one thing I I don't approve of is how people like to make everything about race and say this is white privilege. What about the victim's white privilege? Where's her privilege? Like she's getting completely fucked in this situation. You know, I mean, yeah, the kid is white. Who knows what would be? I I know that they're what they're saying is if it was somebody of you know, a different ethnicity than Caucasian who did this, that they would be getting like a much tougher sentence. But it's the thing is she's not getting anything and you know, she's white. Right. It's like, I don't think this has anything to do with color. Oh, but what's really interesting. So the judge who only gave the guy six months, which is, you know, there's some change.org signature petition where you can go sign it. 1.2 million people have signed it at this point. To have that to have that judge removed from the case, and you know, but the thing is, you can't really redo a case. You can't be charged twice for the same thing because that's double jeopardy, I guess. So I don't know if they can recharge him or or they can give him a different sentence. But that judge has been removed from a sexual assault, a different sexual assault case that he was currently on in the past week. Like he was, uh, he was the judge on some other sexual assault case, and the DA pulled him off the case. Like, he, he can no longer judge that. So, I mean, that judge, you know, I mean, it's like he's tarnished. You know, his whole image is tarnished. And I, I wondered, was the judge paid off? Like, how would he give somebody six months for that? I mean, I see date rape things that are way less. Oh, and so then I'm watching the news the other night. And now they're all about Stanford and they're all about predators. There's some dork. There's some guy who's sneaking into girls' dorm rooms and they wake up and he's there looking at him. That sounds scary, right? Until you hear they open their eyes and he goes, ah, and he runs out. But so they're looking for this peeping Tom guy now. It's like, what about the rapist on the swim team? And I like the fact that all the other girls on the swim team are saying that he was creepy and, you know, they were he was making comments about them. They hated swimming with him and he was a creep. Yeah. Um, well, the the judge, uh, the judge, is, like, he just sounds like, he sounds like the dad. 
Yeah, you he know sounds, what I mean? Yeah, ignorant it, like the dad. Like, well, I think jail would be too harsh. Right, like that will impact his life because he has potential to be an Olympic swimmer. You know, like what or what you like he has he has promise and he has all this promise and by putting him in jail for you know the ten years or whatever it is that he was you know like I think he was he could have been sentenced to up to fourteen years or something yeah. like that uh that he it would it would just mess up his life. I go, no, this fucked up your life, dude, yeah, like you know like oh yeah, I mean he's banned I don't, did you get that story that he's banned for life from um the National Swimming Federation or whatever. They basically were just like, you can't apply for uh, American Swim Team um, uh, membership. Oh, and good. If you apply, you, uh, you're you going to get rejected. And that's the only way that he can go into those Olympic trials to be on the swim team to be in the Olympics. So basically his swimming career is over. Oh, good. Good. I mean, I'm glad. I mean, and I mean you know what? Somebody's going to end up seeing him at a bar and beating the crap out of him. I it's going to happen. The thing is, yeah, this, I mean, like this, it's, it's everything is like, I guess every, like, these people just are just like, they, they're just so awful. And it's just yeah. like, and so all, and, and, and it's, the, the country's just rapping you like just kind of uh rallying against them to just kind of like I, and sometimes you kind of wish that there was more justice like that to freaking douchebags and assholes in exactly the world. because it doesn't happen very often where you're just like you're you deserve freaking so much you you deserve like the fucking world to fucking crash down on you yeah and he deserves to be castrated frankly right. and the, and it's like it's all the things that they are saying that he shouldn't, it's like his life is practically over. I was like, what the, like, yeah. his picture is everywhere. I know. His name is everywhere. Unless he changed his name and like, you can't in, change that French that face. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, change his name and turn and start speaking with a fake <laughs> accent. Like, he, I don't know how he's like, his life in America is pretty much freaking done. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, what he's, so you, you were saying he's from Nebraska. Like he's going to go, what, so say he's probably going to drop out of Stanford, I would think, because yeah, people are going to be I, looking for him. I don't think he goes there anymore. He's only, what the hell old is he? Like 19 or 20? 20. Yeah. So, and, and they keep calling him a former Stanford student. So, nice. So I don't know what, I, like in the time that when he was, when he got convicted of this or when he got arrested for it, if, like he got expelled or whatever. Yeah, but he's not. He's no longer going to Stanford. Good, and apparently no longer going to be in the Olympics or competing peti- competitively for the United States. Good, because you know, I mean, you know what? The other mistake we would have witnessed was say he didn't get prosecuted at all for this. So ten years down the line, we would have an Olympic gold medalist swimmer who raped somebody because it would happen again. I mean, rapists are rapists, like. He's got, you know, girl, obviously he's creepy from all of these, you know, from every account I hear and from looking at him, he's just creepy. He just is. So he's not going to be getting girlfriends. He's not going to be getting laid. So he's going to, you know, feel entitled to rape somebody when he's drunk and then has a gold medal. And then that's going to make the whole country look like crap. So it's, I mean. So um, I don't think we really got, we dove into this at all um, yet. And my question is for you, and I think it's how it ties into, you know, radio rehab and everything, is that this kid is blaming his party culture, quote-unquote, that he was never exposed to because he's this kid from the Midwest 
that didn't experience that stuff until he got to Stanford and was like became like quote unquote a you know jock frat boy drinking and doing drugs and having sex and doing all of these things and he's blaming that the excess of that and not knowing not having that experience in his life is what led him to make this mistake right and i i'm I, I, it's interesting you know you being you know an addict alcoholic i'd, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that but I just and then and then you know like there's so much shit on the internet right now about this story. I mean like it's like you can't really it's too hard to just kind of gather it all and put yeah. it out there and because and, there's and, so much, everything keeps coming some out. Of the, some of the stuff that I have heard is that when he said like that was what he said. It's like I blame it on I blame it on this party culture and I didn't have that before. But apparently he has had that before. Yeah. And apparently he was you know this superstar jock whatever in in Nebraska or whatever state or city he's from and he has done drugs and he has partied before and then he goes into Cal he goes to Stanford and he's you know a star there and he's got access to better drugs I guess yeah, exactly. yeah exactly that's what so, he's got so anyways so I guess my thing is what's your reaction to all of that well, my reaction I mean personally for being an alcoholic it's like it's like uh I I've never I mean I have done stupid things while drunk that I've regretted deeply but nothing that like would be considered violating to somebody else's body. You know, it's like and I know people who have gotten like, you know, shit face drunk and yet they didn't rape somebody. And the other thing is being a sober alcoholic, like we don't get to blame things on alcohol. Like, for example, if I need to make an amends to you and, it's, you know, like my sponsor is very hardcore old school program. Like if I need to make an amends to you. For something that I did, let, let's just say during our relationship, when I was drinking and using, um, I was really like mean and verbally abusive and I flaked on you all the time. So let's just put those things there. When I make amends to you, I don't get to say, hey, you know, I was so verbally abusive because I was drunk. You don't get to do that. You have to just have to, you have to own up to what you did, even though you might have been drunk and on roofies. And you have to say, I'm sorry. I verbally abused you. Not you don't get to blame the alcohol. You don't. Get so the, this piece of shit. Yeah, you don't. Sure get to as go, hell doesn't. Get I'm to sorry do I it. did this, but yeah, you absolutely not. You don't get to say why you did it, even though the fact that you did it, even though you would never have done it had you been sober. You know, like you still do, you don't get that out. So I'm looking at this little creep, going, "Oh hell no!" Does he get that out? No way. Absolutely not. He has to be accountable for what he did. Like the rest of us, like the millions of other people who have to be accountable for themselves every day. You just, you can't blame booze. Like if I relapse, God forbid, knock on wood, if I went and drank right now, chances are I'm not going to go, you know, punch somebody in the face. I'm likely to do that sober, you know, but not, no, I'm kidding. But I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not likely to go take out some kind of crazy abuse on somebody. He has to be accountable for what he did, no matter what happened? I mean, I hate to bring this up, but just because I'm a big Gigi Allen fan. So when Gigi Allen went to prison, and I'm talking prison, not jail, he was with a groupie. And Gigi Allen was like a weird punk rock performance artist type guy. And he was with this weird, like, he used to get with groupies and they were into weird stuff. Burning each other with cigarettes, tattooing, really stupid things, like 
fuck off on your thigh. I mean, like, you know, it's some weird culture. They were into it. There was a lot of drugs involved. So he was he was hanging out with one of his female cohorts and they did what they were going to do. And then he didn't want to stay at her house. So he left. And when that happened, she charged him with rape and he went to prison for a year. And that was a consensual thing that happened. Like, everybody knows that. The woman even came out and said it. But but this tool, this little stupid Brock Turner creep, why, he gets six months? I mean, Gigi Allen's a better man than this guy. <laughs> Seriously. Like, this, this. I mean, I just think this guy is a complete creep. I'll have to find it. I was, I was looking, I was trying to look for something. Um, There's... There's so like like I said, there's so much stuff out there. But one of the things that I did see was, um, you know, because of all the open letters to you know, like there's the, the open letter from the dad, yeah, the, you know, the le- open the well the letter from the the, the from girlfriend the, from the and then the victim and then the the mom and the sister and like it's just like there's all these open letters, right? Well, there was one Facebook post where a dude put an open letter out and it was kind of it was uh that exact fact that we were just talking about where it was he said um i've gotten really drunk before but i've never gotten so drunk that i violate like like what you said like yeah. i violated a woman he goes he goes drinking uh drinking inhibits what stuff that you want you can't blame it on the alcohol yeah it's like it inhibits things that are already in you you do things that um that you would normally do because like you've learned it or you've inherited it over you know like so so basically it was based on his upbringing he was brought up to be entitled to that he doesn't have to take no for an answer he gets whatever he He's wants the best and he can take He's our little star and uh and that that is why he did this, not because of alcohol, not because of drugs. But it was really, it was like one of those things when he put it out, like the, the, the it was just, it was, it was put very well that I, re- I remember reading it. And if I could find it, I'll, I'll put it on the radio rehab page. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm from, again, from my own personal experience, I have been incredible, as you know, I have been shit-faced drunk, schnockered, hammered. I mean, whoa, have I been drunk. I mean, I I don't know. I think my blood alcohol level when I was when they took me in the hospital was like .36. I don't remember exactly, but it was like literally, it's something where they're like, why are you alive? Maybe it was even more than that. All I know, it was, it was something insane. It was something that like, if somebody say like, you or my mom had that blood alcohol level, you would also not have a pulse. You'd be dead. Like, only an alcoholic can walk around with that much booze in their body. Just, you know, because we're alcoholics. We're awesome. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm not saying we're awesome. I'm saying we're, you know, we have the gene. We have the disease. So, I mean, that's how we can drink as much alcohol as that and still be able to function. Um, but I have everything I've done on alcohol, all, all the awful verbal abuse that I have sprayed on people and the tear and all the stuff that I've said has been based on real fears that are inside of me. So I get what you're saying. This guy is saying like all alcohol does is enhance your fucked upness. So if you're a rapist, it's going to enhance that. But if you're not, then you're not going to rape somebody. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I've been, I've been around like slightly creepy guys and we've been drunk and you can tell they know what no means and they know the difference between between right and wrong. 
It's like there's no way, I don't buy it for one second, that this guy thought a chick who was basically comatose to the point of seeming dead and blacked out to the point where she literally woke up going like, hey, why are there pine cones in my crotch? I, I like literally had no idea what was going on behind a dumpster. I mean, that just goes to show you. There's no way you could think that girl was into it. Yeah. And, or, and he's now trying to say he asked her to go back to his dorm and she said yes. Like, who knows? Like, maybe he said, hey, do you want to blow this horn? Like, who knows what she thought he said? All right. I mean, really? He's just, he's a liar. Of course he's going to lie. Well, what I hate is that he's changed his story. That's how I think we know he's a liar. Because he specifically said he did not remember and that she didn't respond and say anything in the beginning. That's what he said. And then when his, you know, rich family attorney comes over and goes, oh, hey, FYI, she doesn't remember anything, so we're changing the story. He did. Yeah. And you can't believe anybody who changes their story. A lie is a lie. And, and, uh, and as an alcoholic who has to be accountable in my daily life, not just for what I do now, but for what I did then, I'm calling bullshit on this. Like, this guy needs to be held accountable way more than he has. But, you know, thanks to social media and things like this, um, he will be. He will probably be beaten to a bloody pulp somewhere. And I think that's kind of sad. But I don't know. I, and I think it's the judge's fault, honestly, because I think if he was held accountable for his actions, he would be less hated and he would be allowed to change. Let's just say he has some kind of a sick rapist, you know, thing inside of him, like some little just chink in his brain. And he goes to jail. He does time. He takes like sexual harassment classes. You, you know, maybe he becomes a sober member of the program. Maybe he finds God and he changes. We would allow that. If he was, you know, had if he repented, if he had a sentence, but now that he didn't even, you know, it's basically shooting him in the foot, not not giving him the punishment for his for his crime. Oh no, absolutely, his punishment now is way more worse. Oh, than way what it worse. Been with if he had gotten, you know, four or five years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. The people, more time he had, the the less he would be punished by by the public. Yeah. They would forget about him in ten years. I mean, like it wouldn't have it wouldn't have raised any flags. That's what. I mean, yeah, we wouldn't even be talking like about if, it. If if this judge said, "You're like everybody found you guilty. You were guilty. You're going to jail for six years. Get out in three for time, you know, for good behavior or mm-hmm. whatever." Nobody nobody's gonna think anything yeah, different. Three of it. years from He's now, gonna nobody's be, gonna be googling you know, like his how name. many. Unfortunately, like how many rapists or how many people sexual offenders are out there that are going through exactly that. Like, yeah, like you know, they just got out. They've got to register as a sex offender. You got to walk around to your neighbors. There's an app right. where, you know, you, you look at your house and it's like dot, 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 dot. And you're right. like, holy shit, I'm surrounded by <laughs> rapists. But, but those people, like, they're not national headlines. I mean, what made this a national That's headline right. was, they the did the time. That, was the fact that this judge, it's like, a jury found him guilty, and the judge went six months. And in reality, he's going to be out in September. So. Right? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So I don't know. And I, the I, judge did a disservice to to this guy. Yeah, I was like, if he's going to be mad at somebody, he better be mad at the judge. Yeah, I know exactly. Because I mean, like, he doesn't have the killed. right to be mad at anybody. He's mad. He should be mad at himself. But apparently, that doesn't look like that's the case. Yeah, I know. So it's like now we have a rapist and a sociopath that we're dealing with. You know, because it's like, 
the, just the fact that he's the fact that he's lying about it means he's not sorry means he's going to rape again. So like you said when he develop re when he reestablishes him, himself back in Nebraska or Butt Montana or wherever they moved to, you know, with his new French accent and his new bushy bushy bon hairdo and some drunk girl doesn't recognize, "Oh, he's that creepy rapist who used to have the blonde clown hair." You know, and he does it again, it's going to be like, "Oh, then the judge is going to be disbarred." It's like, "Why do we have to wait till then?" But like I said, the judge did get taken off of a new sexual harassment case. And um, I know this this is just a travesty of justice. Oh, Yay, justice system. Of course it do. Like, it's like, I know I'm stereotyping and all that, but it's like, his name is Brock Turner. I know. I keep looking him up as Beck Bennett because I know it's a stupid name. Beck Bennett is actually a really funny comedian. <laughs> He's on Saturday Night Live. He's the one who does, like, I'm a man, but I'm in a baby's body. He's been on for, like, a year, but he also did the AT&T commercials with the little kids. Brock Turner is, like, a porn star name. I don't know. It's just a lame you want to punch him in the face well, name. Well, like, Brock- isn't it, like, like, isn't, wasn't uh, Brock on, um, wasn't that uh, one of the characters on uh, Boogie Nights? Brock? I don't remember. I think it was. I was not sober when I saw Boogie Nights. Oh, but I do remember Boogie Nights, but I don't remember any. It could. That could be. Are you saying it was like, oh, yeah, it could be like a porn name. That's what you're saying? Yeah. That's, that's what funny. I mean. It sounds like it's, it does, it's, it's almost like, it sounds like a character. It does sound like a character. As opposed to being like a person. And I was like, and at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, this guy's a character. You're not thinking of Dirk Diggler, are you? No. I okay, know okay. Dirk, like, like, I think it was Brock Landers. Is, uh, Brock Landers. Brock I, Turner is no different than Brock Landers. I'll look it up. I'll look okay, it up you have now. to look it up. That's yeah. It's like that Brock. It, it's just he looks like a Brock though to me. He's just got that stupid. He looks like something they would make fun of on Saturday Night Live. Luckily, they haven't gone so far as to make fun of this because it's really not funny yet. Hopefully, it never will be. But I'm sure this is all going to end terribly for this kid. And at some point, he's going to have to pay for what he did in probably a really harsh fucked up way and it's you know not going to be dealt to him by the justice system it's going to be dealt to him probably by some guy on a street whose sister was raped and he's going to see him and go oh i'm gonna take you out and i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna cry for him when that happens yeah brock landers is it's actually brock landers was you know in uh, boogie nights when uh, mark Wahlberg became like a action hero in the in the porns like he like when he started getting um, him and John C. Riley, like they started doing like these, uh, almost like the the, the Starsky and Hutch. Oh type yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, like they 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 put storylines behind right, their and porns. they they sang "Feel the Heat," and, yeah, well, or "Feel My Heat" or whatever. Brock Landers was John C. Riley. No, no, no. That was the character that they played in the porn. So they oh, were Brock the- Landers was the. Oh my God, that is so perfect. Well. Good job, parents of Brock Turner. Which is funny. Your is stupid well, name. Think about it. This is funny. The kid's nineteen or twenty years old. Boogie Nights came out in nineteen ninety seven. So he was basically conceived to the cocaine scene in Boogie Nights. I'm gonna go with that. That's, Let's, we're going with that story. I love the detective work we just did. There right you here. have it, people. We bring you the truth on this show on Radio Rehab. Brock <laughs> Turner, the rapist. Soon to become serial rapist and then get pummeled by some guy at a bar was conceived to the cocaine scene 
in Boogie Nights. <laughs> Specifically, the one between uh, Roller Girl and Julianne Moore. I'm, we're we're going to go with that, where they're talking about their childhood. Because what else do you do when you're on blow for six hours sitting on a bed besides talk about your fucking childhood? God, I'm glad to be sober. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, punch a rapist in the face and stay sober. See you next time. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll